Hello, I'm Pastor Keith Babb III, and I want to thank you so much for tuning into the podcast of the Way Church of Tampa Bay. Our desire is that as a result of the word, that you no longer settle with simply coming to church, but you become the church. I pray that you enjoy this broadcast and that it challenges you, that it convicts you, and that it changes you. Thank you again, and let's enter into today's message. pleased with our worship so grateful for the worship that has went forth in this place I believe the Lord is honored that so good to see everybody in the house of the Lord this morning want us to go quickly to our text want us to go to Romans chapter 3 verse 23 just one verse of scripture this morning Romans chapter 3 verse 23 I started a sermon series last week called forgiven freedom from the shame of sin and I want to continue in that vein this morning Romans chapter 3 reading from the New King James version of the Bible if you don't have your Bibles it should be on your screens the Bible says for all somebody shout all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God that's it y'all y'all may be seated in the presence of the Lord I spoke last week about the reason for it all and why shame enters into our life and this morning I want to talk about why it's necessary for us all why we all need to be forgiven somebody shout all again I mentioned last week that where sin is present shame is not too far behind I don't I don't care if you were the one that committed sin or sin was committed against you whenever sin is present shame won't be too far behind because watch this the power of shame is made great where there is the presence of sin wherever you find shame having power you, you gotta believe that sin is not too far behind in other words shame's ability to attach to a believer is at the place where sin is active somebody say you gotta find sin if you find sin you'll find shame so as a quick recap from last week I need to some of us weren't here some of y'all didn't hear the message here's the critical thing about shame and why it's so dangerous in the life of a believer because shame will distort your perspective shame will have you believing that you're not who God has called you to be somebody say shame that, that, that's why it's so dangerous and, and not only is shame will it distort your perspective but it causes you to disguise your pain uh, y- y- y'all know when you're shameful you don't want nobody to know why you shame uh, so, so you disguise it you don't let nobody know what's going on in your life shame knows how to help you disguise pain I, someone say I know I'm talking about it yeah I know I'm talking about and watch this it will also cause you to detach from people and I said we found this out in the first sin in the Bible where Jesus was where God was looking for Adam and Eve and they hid themselves shame knows how to cause you to detach from people and I said this you can be there and not really there Y'all heard what I just said. Y'all know you can be out to eat with somebody and something about that person is detached. Somebody say detached. 
And here's the last thing. Here's why shame is so dangerous, because it causes us to be a desolate people. I made mention of this concerning Tamar. The Bible says because of shame, she lived a desolate woman for the rest of her days. In other words, that shame remains on my life. It's one thing to be shamed, y'all, but it's another thing for shame to remain. Somebody say the devil is a lie. And this is why I said this is the reason for it all. And this is why we need to um, reach out and chase after forgiveness. And this is why it's vital to understand that we can never really address shame. Watch this until we first address sin. You'll never really be able to address the shame in your life until we first address sin, sin. Uh, and herein lies one of the reasons why some, to include believers, still find themselves in bondage to shame. We want, we want watch this, to address the shame but not the sin. Many of us always, we want to address our shame but not our sin. Somebody say the devil is a lie. We want to assess our shame and not the sin. And then we want atonement, in other words, cleansing from our shame, but not the sin. But if you don't address the sin, you'll never address the shame. Did y'all catch what I just said? Many of us want to go to counselors. Many of us want to find people that we can express how they did us. But we never address, somebody say, the sin. So you'll never be able to address shame if you don't first address the sin. See, y'all don't like to come to church for messages like this because Pastor Keith, I just need some help with my shame. Well, first you need to address, somebody say the sin. The sin. And as I made mention last week, shame can attach to somebody, not, not just by the sin that they commit, but also as a result of the sin that has been committed against you. Uh, that, that's a true reality, y'all, that shame knows how to attach itself, not because I committed sin, but because somebody committed sin against me. Y'all know how you try to stay faithful to that person, and then all of a sudden they cheated on you, and then shame covers you. So it's not just the sin that I commit, but it's also the sin that has been committed against me. Somebody say, that's why we got to address the, sh the sin. That's why we got to address the sin. So here's a word of wisdom for those of us that think we're innocent and that we believe it's only because I've been sinned against that shame is on my life. I want to drop this off this morning. Many of us like to use the excuse that we're covered by shame only as a result of the sin that has been committed against us. But we never share that because the sin was committed against us, it caused us to sin. If we can be honest, many of us have been sinned against, but you're behind sin as a result of it. Y'all yeah. don't like that because they cheated on us, so we chose to cheat on them. Somebody say, that's sin. That's sin. They, they covered up the lie, so we're going to cover up a lie too. Somebody say, that's sin. Y'all know they called us out our name, so I got to show you I know how to string some words together and call you out your name. Yeah. All right. I know y'all can strain some words together. And somebody may be saying, why is this significant? Because shame may be present in our lives because of the sin that was committed against us, but shame is promoted in our lives, watch this, when we choose to sin back against them. And so one of the reasons why many of us, because y'all, you're, you're still bitter over the sin that was committed against you. I know y'all don't like that, but somebody say, that sin still watch this don't trust other folk and I don't let nobody in my life when God says it's not good for man to be alone and you realize you think I'm just trying to protect myself but someone say that's sin. that's sin 
In other words, I missed the mark in which God is calling me to. Somebody say that's sin. So many times we wonder why shame is still present in my life and we like to attribute it to the person that did me wrong, the person that did me like this, but we never address the sin that we did as a result of the sin they did to us. Somebody say, examine yourself. Uh, you, you ain't innocent. Some of us allowed our shame to increase. And this is why, watch what we're admonished in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26 through 27. The Bible says, be angry, but do not sin. You can be mad at them all you want, but do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give a place to the devil. In other words, when folks sin or commit sin against us, and we choose, watch this, to hold on to that anger and sin against them, we give the enemy, somebody say, a foothold. And when we give the enemy a foothold, we allow shame to be increased in our lives. Oh, that's a sad tragedy, y'all. And this is why one of the reasons why it's critical for us to understand that forgiveness is necessary for us all. In other words, somebody might be saying, Pastor Keith, you don't realize that it had nothing to do with me, but I still got to forgive them. And the reason why shame may still be in your life is because you failed to forgive them. Somebody say it's necessary for us all. See, because some of y'all just checked out. You said, no, I don't need to be forgiven. They sinned against me. You don't know how they did me wrong. But maybe shame is still in your life because you gave the enemy a foothold and you decided not to forgive them. Uh, so we've got to understand both the weight and wages of sin and how it impacts us all. So the critical questions we got to ask ourselves, if shame is present in our life, what is the weight and what are the wages of sin that require for us to be forgiven? And for us to resist shame, if we don't want, want shame to be present in our lives, we've got to know what the weight and the wages of sin are and how they impact us. I believe we find the answers to these questions in our foundational text. Paul lays out in Romans chapter 3 why and how the weight and wages of sin impact us all. And even more, he reveals why forgiveness is necessary for us all. And there's one, there's one short scripture he reveals that. Because if not, shame will have the ability to consume us. If we don't realize how necessary forgiveness is in our lives, then shame has the ability to consume us. That's a sad tragedy, y'all. Somebody say, I need to know why. So I'm going to break that down this morning. My prayer is that this morning we gain wisdom for why forgiveness is necessary for us all. Some of y'all still mad at your daddy. Somebody say, you need to forgive him. Some of y'all still mad at your mama say, I got to forgive them. I, I need y'all to forgive because if not, shame will consume you. Let's look at the first portion of Romans chapter 3, verse 23. The Bible says, for all have sinned. I, I, need us to, I need us to understand this. I don't care how much Holy Ghost you think you have. The reality is sin has had a hold on you. I don't care how much Holy Ghost you got. Sin has had a hold on you. Somebody say this, Pastor, too. Yeah, yeah, everybody, say, somebody say all of us. And the sad reality is, is that many believers get saved and they forget at one point they gave into sin. I know you got saved, baby, but you gave into sin at one point. And you're not that deep that you should ever forget that you were once deep in sin. And the reason why folk are walking around in shame because they think they're so deep that they never believe that they were deep in sin. 
Oh, that's a sad reality, y'all. That's why folk don't like to come to church because nobody don't want to tell nobody that they used to be deep in sin. And here's a good litmus test to know if you're a believer that believes you've never been in bondage to sin. We've all been in bondage. And I, I need us to understand, if you are the believer that chastises another believer of their sin more than you deal with your own sin, you may be that type of believer. The believer that goes around that convicts every other believer of their sin but never convicts himself of their own sin, you might be that kind of believer. And watch this, we want to go around condemning folk of their sin and never deal with our sin. You may be too deep, but baby, you are still deep in sin. I believe many attempt, watch this, to expose both the sin and shame of others as a means of not exposing their own sin and shame. You know, you got to be careful of folk that like to call out other people's stuff and never call out their own stuff. And really what I found out is, if I can shed the light on your stuff, then maybe people won't look in my closet. You know that's why they do it. But I know you got a stank attitude, don't worry. I ain't got to look in your closet. Somebody say, I already know I ain't talking about your neighbor. We're talking about somebody else. Because if I keep the attention on another, then you will, I think that you'll never pay attention to the shame that is attached to me. But somebody say the devil is a lie. Watch what Jesus warns us in Matthew chapter 7, verses 3 through 4. The Bible says, why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye and look, a plank is in your own eye. Many of us can see somebody's small, watch this, indiscretions, and you got a big log in your house. Somebody say, clean it up. And watch this. Here's the other thing that we have to realize. If you really never address your own sin, you'll never be able to see somebody else's sin with clarity. And this is why folk don't have a level of grace with people who fall into sin because they don't even see their own sins with the lens of God. I don't never want to be, this is why I said shame is so difficult because not only does it cause you to have a distorted perspective about yourself, it causes you to have a distorted perspective about other folk. This is why folk don't want to come into church. This is why people don't want to deal with church folk because we know how to call out other people's sin, but we never know how to talk about our own sin. Somebody say, I'm jacked up. Somebody say, I'm messed up. Oh, we've got to be able to say that. But Jesus was saying not to call out another sin until you have clarity about your own sin. And this is why he goes on, watch this in verse number five. I ain't want to put this up there because I ain't want to hurt nobody's feelings. But he says that you're unable to do so. When you're unable to do so, you are a hypocrite. Somebody say a hypocrite. And really, that word hypocrite, hypocrite in the Greek really has to do with the actor. In other words, we mask our stuff so well, not knowing that deep inside, we got some stuff that we really got to deal with. Somebody say they're actors. You know, I can't stand hanging around folk that are actors. And I'm like, girl, your help is right here. Somebody say, open up your mouth. You got to open up your mouth and tell some folk that you're dealing with some stuff. I know you got your education. I know you got your degree. But you are deep in sin. Here lies one of the reasons why forgiveness is necessary for us all. Because we've got to realize we've all succumbed to sin. We've got to know that if you don't know anything else about shame, shame wants you to believe, watch this, that you've never succumbed to sin. 
But somebody say the devil is a lie. We've all, we've all, we've all. And you know what? You wouldn't be so shamed about the stuff that you go through when you know everybody else has gone through something. Now that's good news to me. I don't know about y'all, but you won't shame can't rest on your life when you know somebody else. It may not look like mine, but I know you've been through something. Now that's good news. Listen, you may not need it. Even if they don't realize they've got sin, I need to realize in my own life that they've been through some sin. Now I hope that helps somebody. I don't care how good they pray. I don't care how good they preach. Somebody say they've been deep in sin. And this is why Paul reminds us, for all have sin. And this Greek translation of the word all in our text means everybody. Somebody say everybody. That means your mama. That means your mi- the missionary. And somebody say me too. That, that's, that's good news to me, y'all. Because many of us look at folk and we think they got it all together. They think they can quote a few scriptures that they never been through nothing. And watch this, the enemy beats us up and makes us even more shameful. But somebody say everybody. Yeah, we got to say it like black folk, everybody. I know John, you in the building, but everybody. Everybody, all of us. None of us are exempt because all of us have entertained and engaged in sin. Listen, I don't want y'all to stay in sin, but we do need to know at one point in Pastor Keith's life, I've entertained sin. At one point in my life, I've engaged in sin. And we've got to know, somebody say, everybody. Now, I hope that that should have lifted some level of shame off of your life right there. Somebody say, right there. Uh, This is why Jesus had to even tell the Pharisees when they tried to condemn the woman that was caught in the act of adultery in the latter portion of the King James Version of John 8, 7. The Bible says this. He says, he that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. In other words, none could cast a stone as a result of her sin because they all had committed sin. You've got to stop allowing folk or even the perception of folk beat you up concerning sin that you've engaged in. Because all of us, somebody say all of us, have committed sin. Those those Pharisees had to walk away, drop their rocks because they realized that they all had committed some level of sin. And many of us are walking around with shame from 30 years ago. Many of us are walking around in shame for stuff that people have already forgiven you for. We're walking around with stuff, watch this, that is irrelevant to the season in which you're in. I don't know about y'all, but that's good news, all of us. None could cast a stone because they had all committed sin. And watch this, here's a word of wisdom. I believe one of the reasons that these Pharisees felt so bold to condemn her in her sin is because maybe her sin did not look like their sin. I made mention of this. It's important to know that just because another sin don't look like your sin doesn't mean you're without sin. And here's the problem with church folk. We love, oh yeah, see I don't do drugs, but you know them over there, they, they all caught up in all kind of stuff. And we, watch this, we qualify sin. Just because that sin don't look like yours does not mean you've never been in sin. I know they got three baby daddies. Three of them. Alright, and you may not even have none. Listen, your behind ain't even married. Thank God somebody want to holler at them. You don't know I'm serious and we could 
We condemn folk. Do y'all hear me? All right, y'all see y'all laughing. But I'm saying we condemn folk because their sin doesn't look like us. And I always have to remind myself, and some folk will say, Pastor Keith, how can you be so gracious to folk like that? Because although their sin don't look like man, I know I've been in sin as well. Somebody need to remind themselves, I've been in sin. Somebody say, I've been in sin. Oh, Jesus. This is why. And, and I said this. Uh, um, I believe the Pharisees are like over-religious church folk. We see today that were, were born in the church. Y'all know the folk that just been born in church. I was raised in church. All they do is church. All they know is church. Because, and, and because of this, they believe themselves to be without sin. I know you know how to do church, but you're still carnal. But, but the reality is for those of us who believe themselves to be born in church, you were also born in sin. Tell them they were born in sin. Because watch this, David declares this in the New Life version of Psalm 51.5. He says, I was born in sin. And it was in sin from my very beginning. And some version says, I was born in sin and shaped in iniquity. That means even if you can declare that you were born in a manger, I know you were born in a manger like Jesus. Or if you were born to a single mom, we were all born in sin. And this is why shame can attach to all of us because the reality is we were all born in sin. And this is why we must remind ourselves as Paul had to do in 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 15. He said that, that although I'm saved, I'm the chief of sinners. If we can just get to the reality that, that, that if it was not for the grace of God, if it was not for the love of God, that I would be in the same boat as them. Somebody say we all sin. So the first thing I need us to understand, the reason why forgiveness is necessary for us all, because we've all succumbed to sin. And I know your sin don't look like mine, but I've sinned too. That's good news. That should have helped somebody this morning. Just that little piece right there. Because y'all holding on to stuff, trying to compare yourself to people that are carnal as well. So tell your neighbor they carnal too. And watch this. Look at the next portion of Romans 3.23. The Bible says, and fall short. Oh, y'all ain't going to like that this morning. The shame of sin has the ability to be perpetual in our lives because sin has the ability to be perpetual in our lives. Somebody say, it can be ongoing. Sin can be ongoing. You can be saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost and still be in sin. Did y'all hear what I just said? For all the deep folk, you can be saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost and still be in sin. How do I know that? Because as long as you're living, the lust of sin knows how to call your name. Did y'all catch what I just said? Because it's going to help somebody today. Because many of us, watch this, we carry shame because of temptation. We feel like because I'm, I'm still tempted by this, because I still can't get this, it's still a struggle for me. Shame knows how to attach itself to you. But as long as you're living, lust knows how to call your name. I hope I'm helping somebody. Uh, watch, watch what James um, chapter 1 verses 14 through 15a declares. It knows how to call your name. But every man is tempted when he's drawn away by his own lust. Say, somebody say my own lust. And entice. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. Uh, I don't even want to get to the part about death. Y'all don't I ain't going to be, I'm not going to be that morbid this morning. But, but as long as you're wrapped in flesh, and I say this quite often, as long as you're wrapped in flesh, there will be something that your flesh likes. 
Did y'all hear what I just said? I don't care how much you get on this altar. I don't care how much you tarry. I don't care how much you read your devotional. I don't care how much you read your Bible. I don't care how much you listen to William McDowell and the holiest of holiest. As long as you're wrapped in flesh, there's going to be something that your flesh like. Somebody say, I'm right about it. Yeah, I'm right about it. Um, I don't want to get in trouble with the wife, but there's something in my flesh that my flesh likes. For some of us, our flesh likes gossip. Some are saying it does. it does. For some of us, our flesh likes gluttony. Some are saying I eat too much. And for some of us, our flesh likes to keep our mind in the gutter. Some are saying my flesh. And as long as you're living, your flesh will like something. And we can't get ourselves beat up. Because watch this. Your flesh is not your spirit, man. And many of us beat ourselves up because of what our flesh likes. I wonder, I, I was, I can't think of his name right now, but there's a, a theologian that my wife may bring it up into my memory. He struggled with same-sex attraction. Somebody say his flesh. And he said, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to restrain myself from what my flesh likes because I want to please my father. And we... He could have took himself out. He could have said, I'm not going to preach no more. I'm not going to teach no more. I'm not going to minister to folk no more. Because shame knows how to do that on you. But many of us beat ourselves up. But listen, you don't know what my, my flesh may not like what you like, but I know your flesh likes something. But see, we don't talk about this in the church. We love to say holiness is still right, but somebody say it still is right. But what we don't talk about is that we're wrapped in flesh. And as long as you're wrapped in flesh, it's going to be something your flesh like. I tell my wife this all the time, and she say, I need to just check your phone every now and then. I need to check your inbox. But I know that my flesh had a problem with women. And y'all heard what I said? I know that my flesh had a problem with women. That was past tense. But somebody say it still do. If I don't, if I don't have the appropriate safeguards, it still does. Our Bishop Bronner said it this way. It's not that I don't like it anymore. It's just still not, a, it's not available. So I've got to make sure what my flesh likes is not available to my flesh. And what I've, what I've got to realize is that we're all subject to sin. As long as you're in this earthly journey, you still got the ability to cut somebody out. Somebody say, I still do. I still have the ability to knock somebody out. Somebody say, I still do. I, still do. I told y'all this when this, this man was driving crazy in the parking lot and I had my two kids. I almost got out of my salvation. I said, boy, you, you better watch yourself around my kids. Because somebody say, I'm wrapped in flesh. See, we don't like to talk about this. And then when our flesh rises up, shame knows how to creep on in. And then we don't realize that we're all subject to sin. I hope that helps somebody. Uh, so, 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 as long as you're living, your flesh will like something. So here's a word of wisdom. Some may not like this. And I know you can go to the apostolic church, you can go to the holiness church. They may tell you otherwise, but I don't see this in my Bible. Uh, I don't care how much you pray, how much you praise, or how much you proclaim his word. Your flesh still likes something. Somebody say, how do I know? How, how do I know? My wife said it during her exhortation. Romans 7, 18 says, for I know that in my flesh. 
Someone say dwells no good thing. As long as I'm, this is why I don't, I, I know there was some stuff that we were taught in church and we didn't understand why we were doing it. This is why when we fast, it's really to kill our flesh. It's to make our flesh, watch this, be in submission. Because I know in my flesh dwells no good thing. And this is why it's so critical to continually feed my spirit man. Because I don't want my flesh to get stronger than my spirit man. But here's what I need us to understand. There will always be something that your flesh likes. I don't care how much you fast. I don't care how much you lay on your face. There's going to be something your flesh likes. And watch this. The enemy knows how to present things that your flesh likes. Did y'all hear what I just said? You can be in fast. You can be just coming out of prayer. You could just, you just think you so deep and something walk by you that that's your flesh like. Y'all heard what I just said? You trying to get your health together and then somebody say, Miss Cindy say she baking sweet potato pies. Look, somebody say, help me today. <laughs> Miss Cindy, keep making them pies. But I'm just saying the enemy knows how to present that stuff to you. And we get, we beat ourselves up. You didn't walk into it, it walked into you. But here's what I got to realize, although my flesh likes it, I got to make sure that I run away. Somebody say, run away. Okay, run away. Your flesh don't want to do good, your flesh ain't trying to do good, and your flesh is incapable of doing good. Did you hear what I just said? Your flesh don't want to do good, your flesh ain't trying to do good, and your flesh is incapable of doing good. And this is why forgiveness is necessary for us all. Because we're all subject to sin. And the good news is when I fall, I can still get forgiveness. God knows that in this flesh dwells no good thing. He knows it. So if I'm subject to fall, the good news is that forgiveness is still available. Shame does not have to rest on your life. Somebody say always. Uh, even if we put safeguards around our flesh. We're still subject to sin. I hope y'all caught that. This is why foundational text declares not only have we all sinned, but we all and fall short. And this word fall in our foundational text, notice God does, when God says stuff, God don't waste words. This word fall is present tense. It means in the act of. The Bible says, and we fall. That means present tense. That means there's going to be times in this earthly journey where I will fall. Somebody say, at some point, I will fall. How do I know? This means despite how we might feel at any point in our earthly journey, we're subject to fall. Notice what Solomon tells us in Proverbs chapter 24, 16. For a righteous man may fall seven times. I've got to know I'm not going to allow shame to beat me up. I'm not going to allow shame to attach itself to me. I'm not going to allow shame to be perpetual, although my sin might be perpetual. Because the Bible says that a just man may fall, someone say seven times. I'm subject to fall. I'm subject to fall. But the latter portion of that text says that that is that this just man, I ain't talking about a wicked man. I'm talking about a just man. He gets, he gets back up. Don't allow shame, somebody say, to keep you down. But even more, this is why it's good news that we have access to, to forgiveness. And I need us to understand, it could be a word that causes your flesh to fail. Y'all know somebody just said something that just didn't sit right with you, and then my flesh just failed. 
It could be, watch this, you know when people catch you when you're weary and tired. It could cause your flesh to fail. I know sometimes my wife don't want me talking to her when she's tired. I'm going to catch something from her flesh. And there are some days, watch this, when you just feel some type of way. I don't know about y'all, but you can wake up just feeling some type of way. And if you catch me on them some type of way days, you're going to catch this flesh as well. Because what I have to realize, I'm subject. Listen, this body gets tired. This body gets weary. This body is not always focused. And because of that, my flesh is subject to fall. I don't want the saints beating themselves up because you couldn't be holy for, for 24 months. It, uh, it don't always work like that. I love how the New Life version of 1 Corinthians 10, 12 puts it. Notice, notice what it says. So watch yourself. The person who thinks he can stand against sin had better watch that, that he does not fall into sin. In other words, don't think yourself so high and so holy that you can't fall. Because as soon as you think you're so high and so holy that you can't fall, when you do fall, it makes you not want to ask for forgiveness. You know that? Because I, I, I was trying so hard and I failed so hard. And I believe because I failed, God will never forgive me. But somebody say the devil is a lie. The devil is a lie. And this is why herein lies one of the reasons that there are some churches and church folk that are unable to reach unbelievers. Because unbelievers won't come to the church concerning their sin or shame when the church and church folk won't admit that they still struggle with sin. The re this is why you get a lot of churches that's packed that don't talk about sin. But real churches that really, that, 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 that try, to, try to preach and, and preach the whole counsel of God, really, and really what I'm trying to say, when we don't preach the whole counsel of God and we make it seem like everything is so hunky-dory, when people fall and something happens in life, they leave the church because nobody in the church would admit that they still struggle with sin. And I know my wife tell me to be quiet sometimes, that I'm saying too much, but I need y'all to know that even the pastor, even the bishop, I don't care what title you got, there's something that your flesh will struggle with. This is why unbelievers don't want to come into church. Y'all ain't got no struggles. Well, you need to just go ahead and have a church by yourself. Uh, some of us need to lay down our pride and be like Paul in the New Living Translation of Romans 7:19. Listen what Paul said, who wrote over two-thirds of the, the New Testament. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I still do it anyway. As long as you're living, you can struggle with sin. And as long as you're living, you are subject to sin. And this is why forgiveness is necessary for us all. Because as long as we all are subject to entertain sin, we're all subject to experience shame. I've got to know that, and I've got to not beat myself up because of that. What I need to do is be like the righteous man, get back up and ask God for forgiveness. Somebody say it's available. So hear this, and I'm almost done. Let's look at the last portion of our text. The Bible says, of the glory of God. Sin and shame knows how to leave a stain in our lives. And I need us to understand this stain in and up, we don't have the power in and of ourselves to remove it. Somebody say, I don't have that kind of power. We don't have that kind of power. And this is why David declared this in Psalm 51 too. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity 
and cleanse me from my sin. David knew that the sin you commit requires cleansing. So, so, so I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying my second point for you to keep on sinning because somebody say I'm about to go, I'm about to go wild out after church. Somebody say, don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. That ain't, that ain't what you want to do. That ain't what's up. I've got to be, I got to be cleansed. And this is why it's dangerous to leave your sin unchecked, unaddressed and unresolved. Did y'all hear what I just said? Because if so, you will remain unclean and you will still remain in shame. I, I know you think nobody knows about it. I know you think it's going to remain unchecked. I know you think it's going to remain unaddressed and nobody's going to know, but you're going to keep a stain on you and shame will always be on you as well. And this means one of the reasons that some believers have yet to receive rest from their shame is because some believers have yet to resolve their own sin. Someone say, I've got to resolve it. And as believers... We've got to be willing, watch this, to confront our own sin. We've got to be able to get in a place where I walk in God where I can confront my own stuff and nobody ain't got to call me out about it. I've got to get so mature in my walk in God. And watch this, we don't like to do this, but the Bible says confess your sins one to another. I've got to get so mature in my walk because I don't want shame to do all those things to me that I've got to be able to confess my sin. And watch this, I've got to be so mature in my walk in God, and this is a dangerous place to be if you can't be this way, where I'm convicted by my own sin. You're not, you know you got folk that ain't convicted by their sin? I'm going to talk about them, and I'm going to talk about them like a dog, and I ain't going to feel bad about it. We got folk that can treat their wives any kind of way and don't feel no type of way about it. And be a deacon. Somebody say a deacon. Somebody say that's dangerous. I don't, want, I don't ever want to be in a place in my walk where I can't confess my own sin, be convicted by my own sin, and confront my own sin. I don't need no priest to make no confession on somebody say, I can do it myself. I can do it myself. And here's the good news. The Lord gives forgiveness, gives us access to that cleansing. God says, you want to be clean from shame? I'm going to give you access. And our foundational text reminds us that this personal sin and perpetual sin keeps us from the presence of God. Did y'all catch what I just said? Your shame from the sin on your from from the sin on your life will keep you from the presence of God. Somebody say I don't want that. This is why the Bible says that we fall short of the glory of God. Uh, this means it, pre- it prevents us from the glory of God. And this word glory, I need us to see something about this word glory in Romans three twenty three. It's the Greek word doxa, and one definition of this word is approval. Many of us, when we don't receive God's forgiveness, if we can't get in God's presence, in other words, what it means is I don't have the approval of God. I don't want to be doing the things of God and never have his approval. I don't want to be walking around with the title Christian and not have God's approval. Someone say, I need his approval. And here's what y'all not going to like. That means when shame rests on my life, I don't have approval from God. When I have shame on my life that God gives me access to his forgiveness, I don't have his approval. Somebody say that's dangerous. You walk around beating yourself up and God saying, I'm giving you access to forgiveness. But we fail to get his approval. And this is why it's important to note that the stain of sin and the shame will lift when you stop seeking to prove yourself before men and start seeking the approval of God. 
Many of us are seeking the approval of men rather than the approval of God. What do I mean? I, I, I don't want to expose what I've got going on in my life because I want to look good in front of people. And you're trying to look good in front of people and have yet to receive the approval of God. I'm not going to tell nobody. I'm going to keep myself together. I'm going to put on my little makeup. I'm going to put on my little clothes. They're going to ask me how I'm doing and I'm going to say blessed and highly favored. And I want to be, I want to get the approval of people walking around knowing that God does not approve of me. That word means approval. Help us today, God. And this is why Jesus even had to rebuke the Pharisees with these words in Luke 16, verse 15. Notice what he says. You are those who justify yourselves before men. But God knows your heart. He knows what you're dealing with. He knows what you're struggling with. And you're trying to keep it all together for the sake of people. For what is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. Somebody say, I still don't have his approval. I don't care if you got the bishop approval. I don't care if you got your circle of friends approval. I don't care if you got your mama and your daddy approval. You better seek the approval of God. And Here's, here's the good news about the approval of God. You ain't got to work so hard like you got to work for people. Y'all are working more hard for people than God is asking you to work for him. He's saying, I want to lift the stain from your life. I want to lift the shame and I'm giving you access. Someone say to forgiveness. Now that's good news to me, y'all. You working way too hard. You, how much you spend on that hell? Someone say you working, you working way too hard working way too hard Jesus was declaring that God and God alone was from whom we can gain approval and we gain access to God's approval by the simple way of his forgiveness and this is why when sin and shame wants to consume us we have to be like the hymnist who penned these words he says what can wash away my sin nothing but the blood of Jesus what can make me whole again somebody say nothing but the blood of Jesus cleansing from the stain of sin is made available because of the blood of Jesus. Removing of shame is made available because of the blood of Jesus. And forgiveness is made available, this is good news, but, the, but by the blood of Jesus. Somebody say nothing but the blood of Jesus. Notice this, this is why the writer reminds us with these words in Hebrews 9.22. The law says that almost everything is made clean by blood. And sins are not forgiven unless blood is given. In other words, Jesus says, I've already paid the price for your shame. I'm giving you access to this forgiveness because my blood was all that was necessary for your shame. And why are we carrying around this weight of shame on our life? And God said, you're working so hard for people. And I've given you a way to cleanse you up. Help us, God, today. That means there's no freedom from shame, no forgiveness of his sin, void of cleansing of our stains of the sin by his blood. And this is why forgiveness is necessary for us all, because we've all been stained by sin. We've all been stained by it. And I got to know that it's necessary. Somebody say it's necessary for me. I'm done, y'all. Shame has the ability to cover us all, and this is why forgiveness is necessary for us all. And as I shared before, shame can only attach to the life of another to the degree that sin gives shame access. Did y'all hear what I just said? Shame can only attach to your life 
to the degree that sin gives shame access. This is why we've got to address, somebody say sin. sin. I know it doesn't feel good to say that, but I've got to address, even if it wasn't sin that I committed, I've got to let the sin go in my life because I failed to forgive them. Somebody say that's sin. So shame will always attach where sin is present. It's present. And this is why we'll never be able to address shame if we don't first address sin. Therefore, if we desire to receive freedom from the shame of sin and not and be forgiven, we must understand that we've all succumbed to sin. Some might say everybody. That's all of us, y'all. Stop beating yourself up because somebody is at a different place in their journey than you. Because at some point in their life, they've been in sin. And although it may not look like it, they probably still in sin. So I'm gonna say right now. Right now, right now, right now. They had to forgive, they had to ask God for forgiveness. Somebody say today. And you beating yourself up because of that. All they did was taking advantage of the access of forgiveness. And we're all watching subject to sin. As long as you're wrapped in flesh, it's gonna be something that your flesh like. Stop beating yourself up about the temptation. Somebody say, just don't fall into temptation. And here, if you do, the just man falls seven times. Somebody say, just get back up. Just get back up. I'm not going to beat myself up about what my flesh like. What I'm going to keep my energy on is trying to kill my flesh. And watch this. We've all been stained by sin. And this is why forgiveness is necessary for us all. But I believe I see something else in our foundational text. I want us to see verses 24 through 26. The Bible says, and being justified freely by his grace through the redemption in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, somebody say he was patient with me. Now that's good news right now, right there, that in your sin, God will be patient with you. And the Bible says he passed over sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time, somebody say right now. His righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. In other words, a savior for both our sin and shame is necessary for us all. In other words, all that I need for shame, I'm going to say something and I'm going to make, I'm going, it's going to be personal. But I was sharing with somebody over lunch that I found myself in my late 20s in front of a group of men and I just started breaking down crying. I was like, God, why, why am I crying? These men are loving on me. They're, they're speaking well of me. Why am I crying at this age in my life? And I realized that I was consumed by shame because I was trying to figure out why there was a man so close in my life that didn't want anything to do with me. And I carried that shame for so long. I'm talking about getting degrees. I'm talking about winning awards. I'm talking about people speaking well of me. And I found myself crying. Because really what it was, it was shame. And what God was trying to remind me in the circle of these men. That I had a savior. That I had access to forgiveness. No matter if they don't like me. No matter if they never send me something on my birthday. No matter if they never tell me, well done. God says, I can give you this ability for shame to be lifted from your life. So I'm saying that to somebody this morning. You are probably trying to hold on to something that God says let go of. Many of us are holding on to stuff 
and people are blaming us for stuff that really ain't our fault. And God says, I've given you access. Somebody say to forgiveness. I want us to be forgiven on today. Let us stand to our feet. Father, we thank you. I pray over these people today. God, some of us, we've grown, God, but we've been carrying shame for way too long. God, we're carrying shame, God, because our mama don't love us no more. God, we're carrying shame for what that man did to us years ago. We're carrying shame, God, because there were circles that we tried to get in. And intentionally, they never let us in. Help us, God, to remove the shame for our lives. God, we're carrying on to stuff for, for, for sin that we entertained when we was 19. Lift it today, God, we pray. God, we thank you now, God, that we know that we've all succumbed to sin. They sin may not look like ours, God, but we've all sinned, all of us. God, help us to God not to carry shame because it looked like somebody got it all together. God, we know today, God, that they ain't got it all together. They were once deep in sin. So help us, God, we pray. And God, we pray and thank you, God, that we're all subject to sin. I know that may seem weird that we can say thank you that we're all subject to sin. In other words, God, we'll stop comparing ourselves. God, we'll stop beating ourselves up about the sin we did on yesterday. Because as long as we're wrapped in flesh, tomorrow it may be something, God, that causes our flesh to fail. But God, we thank you for your forgiveness that is available. We know, God, that there's a stain that comes from shame and sin. But we thank you, God, that we have a Savior. We want somebody to say your glory. Somebody to say we want your glory. And God, when we say that on this morning, God, really what we're saying is that we want your approval. God, we'll stop seeking the approval of men. And we'll start seeking your approval. And thank you, God, that, that it's available to us. And God, I pray, I see in me even now, God, the shame lifting from your people. Thank you, God, on today. And God, for every believer and every heart that is thankful that God is now lifting shame. Somebody say thank God. And amen. Give God a hand clap of praise. I'm confident that you didn't stumble upon this podcast by accident because God is sovereign. And whenever our sovereign God sends us a message for a reason, he wants us to respond. My prayer is that you respond by allowing the word to be planted in you so that it produces God's will for your life. Until next time, strive to not simply come to church, but to become the church.